You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On with the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock with the Dallas Morning News, here today with Grant Schiller, uh, part two of our talk about... Um, all kinds of stuff about the Mets trading for Francisco Lindor, about what it takes to be a good team, um, how long it'll take probably for the Rangers to get there. Also, we talk a little bit about my prospect rankings, and, and Grant um, either shames me or confirms that I am a great prospect uh, ranker. But um, first, I really want to talk about uh, Joey Gallo and Isaiah Kainer-Falefa agreeing, um, avoiding arbitration. And Joey Gallo has signed the, the one-year deal for this year. Um, his contract will be $6.2 million, which is honestly better than I thought he would get he had a really, really terrible season last year. He had a really great season for the first half of 2019. Um, like we said, it was a career season. He absolutely achieved all that he wanted to achieve, but then injuries kind of plagued him, kept him from probably finishing in the top five in MVP voting if he would have stayed healthy. That's definitely what he would have done, but he did not stay healthy, and he kind of tailed off after that. And last year, after the rough start to the season, missing training camp with a positive COVID test and not actually having COVID, it's kind of wild there for a second. Isaiah kind of falefa has settled for $2 million. Also, next week or uh, maybe later in this week, we'll get more into the international signings. Uh, got a lot of that going on today, Friday, as you're listening to this. Um, late night Friday, maybe early morning Saturday. Whatever your preference is, whenever you listen to this, they will be Rangers international signings. So I'll be on later this week to talk about that. But before we get into anything anything more, be, be sure to check out Locked On MLB. Join Walking MLB Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, Please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, without further ado, here's part two of my talk with Grant Schiller about prospects, baseball, and what have you. So that's one way to do it. The other way is to be like San Diego or the Mets or um, possibly Toronto. We'll see if they actually cash in like they've said they would and zig rather zag and go and take advantage of a marketplace that is way cheaper than it should be um, and go and get your value that way. And I feel like as a fan, like that feels like the easiest way to just like have a rich owner who's actually willing to spend money. And I mean, there's not that many of those out there. I mean, there's Padres ownership. There is Dodgers ownership that has been willing to spend big on even taking on other people's contracts for acquiring assets. Kind of like in they don't you don't really see that much in or that much in baseball of like acquiring some bad player on a bad contract as as long as you get assets with them. And it seems like the Dodgers did that early on when they. Um, traded for oh gosh, what was that big huge Carl trade? Crawford, Adrian, the, the, yeah, the Carl yeah. Crawford con- contract. Gosh, that is quite alliterative. Um, <laughs> and uh, Adrian Gonzalez uh, is that the player that they actually wanted? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think he's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Former Ranger great Adrian Gonzalez. Um, that is to be specific. And you know, it's just. It's so frustrating to be a fan of a team that's, like, not doing anything. I mean, even the Yankees are kind of, like, dipping their feet with DJ LeMahieu and not paying him what he's worth or what 
his agent thinks he's worth, which is going to be what someone's going to pay him. And he started opening negotiations back up with other teams. Like, it's not that hard, is it? And, like, I just, I guess part of it is because I'm not a billionaire and I probably will never be a billionaire. I don't think, you know, unless a lot of things change real quick. You know, I'm I'm a white man, so, you know, there's a chance. But I might luck into it. But I'm, I'm not holding out hope knowing me and the way I do things. And, you know, I'm not really good at, at robbing banks. So I don't think I'll get there. And I'm not sure journalism is the billion dollar industry that will make me the billionaire. But it's just, I feel like that's the most frustrating part of being a baseball fan right now is just seeing all these owners who have all this money and can afford to pay free agents at least what they're worth, or if not what they're worth, then just more than the other guys, right? No, yeah, and you're absolutely right. I'd like to go back to kind of your first point there, and that that's the easier way to do it, and that 100% is. You've got 30 teams run by, you would think, smart people. Um, that's not always the case. Some 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 teams will go and hire Tony La Russa, um, and, and make <laughs> other purpose. very on purpose, yes, and make and give Albert Pujols two hundred fifty million dollars. But you would think that. 30 teams or 25 of them are going to be run by smart people. So trying to outsmart those guys to win on low budgets is very difficult. Whereas having your billionaire own spend some of his money is not that difficult. And what's frustrating is they're doing this because they want to cry poor and they want to cry about how they don't make money. And all that might be technically true on the books. We all know that's not actually true. We all know it's a very profitable business, which is why all these businesses, these billionaires who are all about their money want to get in it in the first place. Um, so you hope that after the CBA is done, they'll start spending more and that this is just a kind of disgusting tactic to help themselves in the CBA and give themselves more negotiating power because they can continue to cry poor and talk about how they don't make any money. Um, the reality is all these guys have the money. The Rangers have two billionaire owners. Bob Simpson offered to give Baylor money to keep Art Bryles around after his um, after his allegations and everything he did wrong there. And he won't invest in the team the way he would to keep that guy around his college. Um, so it's just really frustrating to see all these super rich guys act like they don't have money. Yeah, and the worst part is they're crying they're actually losing money when they're just not making as much as they normally would. Right. Like the Cubs ownership crying about like, oh, no, I can't afford to pay you Darvish what I signed him to pay because, you know, I, I am just so, so unafraid, unabashedly poor. It's just so they hard just for me. They create their own TV network last year. Please feel sad for me, who me, person who has never worked, had to work a day in my life and has inherited all these billions of dollars and continues to get richer and richer and I think the part that pisses me off the most, to be honest, is how many people are being let go and fired and losing jobs in a pandemic and all of this nonsense and the rich keep getting richer, like Jeff Bezos' net worth keeps going up and there keep popping up more and more billionaires that we didn't have before and more people are experiencing hard times yeah. and that what they want to do to get through these hard times is just watch some baseball while these billionaires who are getting more billionaire billionaire becoming billionaire nest i would decide to call it that um are saying oh no please feel bad for us you person who just lost your job because i didn't want to spend some money some other 
billionaire didn't want to spend money on you. Uh, so I think that's the part that pisses me off the most. And we'll continue to piss me off about baseball and what might end up just killing baseball. I mean, baseball's never going to like straight up die, but like people are less interested. I mean, Theo Epstein was talking about like just completely changing the game of baseball and wanting to like, I don't know, get more action in there. And I'm like, that, that's not the problem. That's not the problem with baseball. It's not how the sport's played. It is all about the owners crying poor right now. That is what is making it more miserable. People are having a hard time paying for tickets. They are having a hard time paying for parking and concessions and like actually getting to games and stuff. And when they do get there, like they can't take their families there because it's just way too expensive. Unless you are the rich people, um, it's just harder for them to get to games. And with 162 of them, that shouldn't be a problem. Like you can have some cheap ticket prices. Like you can sell some nosebleeds for nosebleed prices, give some deals to get regular people in there. Like, Owning a baseball team is not – I know it's capitalism and it can never be that. It's not going to – owners aren't going to suddenly become altruistic. But, like, you owe a service to the community if you own a sports team. It is not a traditional business where you buy it because you're like, yes, I am buying this so that I can make a lot of money so I can get really rich. You buy a sports team as a luxury item. You buy it because, look at me, I own a team. I can show up to the games in my special owner's box. I pay all these guys' salaries. I'm the reason this is so nice. It's all about me. You don't buy it because it's like, I think this will be very, very profitable. And it always ends up being profitable anyway. But that's not the main thing. And that's one of the things that I like about Mark Cuban as an owner is that he understands that he has a duty to the people of the city, to the fans, and actually like takes it seriously and tries to respect that relationship. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. The ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So, why would you endure all the pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, is your car an LX or an EX, or all kinds of other stuff you don't know that much about cars, then rockauto.com has you covered. They are the perfect perfect place to go for people who are self-made mechanics, people like me who don't know all that much about cars. My grandfather would be very disappointed because he worked on cars, but he didn't teach me all he knew about cars, so I just trust that rockauto.com has me covered. They are a family business uh, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, Motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need from a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is so unique, it's so easy to use. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose from the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low. These are good people, and they know they have you covered on those low prices, and they're the same for pros or do-it-yourselfers. Why do you spend up to twice as much on the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag. Are y'all ready for some football? We are nearing the end. We are close to the Super Bowl. We've got all kinds of good playoff matchups. We've also got NBA going on. We've also got NHL going on. We've got college basketball, all kinds of stuff. And you can get in on the action. If you've been sitting on the sidelines, there's only one place that we trust uh, that has you covered it's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. 
Now, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And even as a business, not trying to win is not a profit. It's not. It's not a winning game plan. It's not a winning business plan. It, me and you, as I mean, the big baseball fans and big baseball people that we are, we're always going to watch the Rangers. We're always going to watch the league in general. But a casual fan, if you've got 20 franchises out here who really are clearly not trying to win, if you have the Cubs who still have a ton of talent tearing it down just because they don't want to pay money, the casual fan is just going to stop watching, right? Um, when the Cowboys aren't good, I don't watch them. There's no use of my time doing that. So as you drive these people away from your teams by just valuing your payroll over trying to win, eventually you're going to lose a lot of money doing that. Um, so it might be a short-term gain by cutting your, your losses right now, your quote-unquote losses. Um, but you're going to lose long-term viewership. And the next time the TV contracts come around, maybe it won't be these billion-dollar contracts. Because less people are going to be watching. There's going to be less eyes on your team. Yeah, and I mean, people are, like, live sports are one of the few things that people are watching live anyway. And so if you're making a crappy product and you're making people feel bad about supporting it and they're definitely not going to games, then, like, how do you think you're going to keep making this money? That's the thing that pisses me off. It's just dumb. It's short-sighted and dumb, and they're hurting themselves, and they just don't see it because they don't care. And if they stop making money, then they'll go sell it to somebody else who will gut it even further and continue this problem. And it's just, I don't, I wish I knew how to fix it. I wish I just had a megaphone for rich people's ears. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think billionaires listen to podcasts. Like maybe like one or two of them do, or at least not this podcast, but they should. They really should. I hope Bob Simpson's listening. That'd be nice. But Bob, if, if you are Bob or Ray, if either of you are listening to this and would ever like to come on, um, please find me on Twitter, my email, just whatever. Send a smoke signal. You have an open invitation anytime you like. Same same for John Daniels, which I'm I'm pretty sure he listens at least occasionally. And I've I've sent this offer out before, and he hasn't just found my number and texted me, which is just it's kind of rude of him. But you know, I I will let it slide. He's a busy man. I mean, the man was even doing transactions on Christmas, which you know is more rude to his family than to me personally because I happen to be working that day. But I, I still feel it's kind of rude. Um, before we wrap up this week, I want to I get your thoughts on my prospect rankings because I did this without consulting you. And so, therefore, I am open to lots more ridicule. Um, but we've gone through the bottom 10 of the top 20, which is a weird way to say it. But, you know, you got you to gotta have the top guys go last, even though, like, maybe I should have had the, the top guys go first because those are the more obvious ones. Um, but then if I get all the way through him and you see some guy that you liked that was completely left off and you're like, okay, he hasn't been in the top 10 or in the like 20 to 11 range, but like, he's gotta be in the top top 10. 10. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So any of your thoughts on, on my rankings so far, anything that I have horribly misjudged or that I'm a colossal idiot for, uh, on this specifically, I don't want to open up to general commentary. Okay. Well, that takes off quite a few of my list. Um, (laughs) However, I guess focusing on the prospects specifically, there were three that jumped out to me that I would have disagreed with. Um, I'll start with the negative side. I would not have had Bubba Thompson top 20. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see him have even a shred of success at the minor league level. 
Um, again, before I'd put him up there. He's a super, but it's a profile that we've seen struggle to succeed a lot when you don't have good developmental people around them. Um, and I think it's still very TBD if the Rangers have that. They haven't shown any ability to develop them so far. So I wouldn't have had him top 20. And then guys who I would have had higher up as high upside guys are probably Chris Cease, even coming off of the injuries he is and not oh, knowing wow. if he's necessarily going to be the same. And I would have had Ricky Vanasco quite a bit higher. He's He's got some really good stuff. And that's actually a situation where the Rangers did a very good job um, developing almost immediately because they drafted him in the 15th round and then changed his windup right off the bat to a much more fluid delivery. And he's really been able to access his control and stuff a lot better. Um, so I would have him, I might have him top 10. Oh, that's spicy. That's real spicy. I like that. I was, I was surprised. I thought you might go the other way on Cease. I, I thought most, most people would have disagree with my I think I've I have, have him highest um of like all the rankings that I looked at. Um actually well Evan Grant's rankings had him exactly where I had him. And so I kinda wanted to put him above Ornellis, but I I don't know, I believe in Ornellis's health a lot more. He hasn't yeah. had nearly as many like just losing straight up basically three years of development as much as and that's why I like C so much I had to keep him on there. And like that's why I had him so low. Is going like I don't I don't know about this. Um, what about Acuna? Is is that about where you would have put him? Yeah, um, I mean he's a guy that obviously he's not played a game stateside. I don't think so. It's hard to know too much about him, but from what you hear about him, that sounds about right. Um, he definitely has to be somebody you keep an eye on and probably throw in that top twenty, even side unseen. Yeah. What about Steel Walker? I thought you might crush me on that, but I I'm kind uh, of become a I've come around to him. I didn't like him right when they, the trade first happened. But um, actually, after talking to a couple people who had seen him a little bit and uh, looking back at, at some of the other things that I'd seen, I'd, I'd kind of come around on him. Yeah, I wouldn't have had him that high up there, but that's also something of a risk-reward trade-off that I think everybody kind of makes for themselves. I mean, he's a likely fourth outfielder. Maybe he can be a starting left fielder, um, which has value. But if you're looking at a one-to-two win player as the likely outcome without a lot of upward mobility from there, it's not going to be a huge return from him, right? So, like, I would have him below Bayron Laura, who might be – he might not ever make it to the double-A, or he might hit tanks at the big league level. I would have had him behind Vanasco. I would have had him probably behind Acuna, um, Ronnie Henriquez. There, there's some higher guys I would have moved above him. Um but that's just a trade-off. That's just kind of how I'm wired um, when looking at these guys, especially in the Ranger situation where they're so far away and need some of those more superstar kind of guys. Yeah. I mean, normally I'm like that, but I've kind of I don't I think it was just our, our conversation about Dane Dunning and the value of Dane Dunning that like made a switch in my mind because I was always very much the like, all right, high upside guy. Like anybody who's got like their highest upside is like okay starter screw them i don't need them but like i've started to come around on that because there have been so many guys that have just straight up missed and i'm like maybe one or two of those like guys who i said screw them don't need them maybe i did need them yeah just a couple of them so not completely the other way i'm still um a higher upside um guys you'll probably see that more towards the where i have my top five guys they're all 
all the top five are pretty much like the top five, but the order that I have them in, um, especially the guy who I put number three, which I didn't think I'd do that. I didn't think the guy who I had number three is where I would have him, but it's where he is. Um, but you'll see that in a couple of weeks. But any closing thoughts on what it takes to be a good baseball team or, you know, Francisco Lindor, the person, or I don't know, anything else? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just tied that in a little bit. Is um, We're just talking about the high upside guys. What it takes to be a good baseball team is partly having a ton of those high upside guys. If you have bear on Laura and just one bear on Laura, that provides very little value. If you have 10 bear on lawyers, you're going to hit some, on some of those guys, and that's what the Padres did. So they combine that with an owner who spends money. That's a good way to, to win baseball games. Gosh, it really is. You know, if I could just... Uh, project myself into being a Padres fan and believing like that. You know, they're, they're my NL team, so like just a little part of me gets to enjoy baseball just a little bit, not too much. You know, I don't want to ruin it and spoil it for myself um, for when the Rangers do come back around in 2050. Um, but <laughs> eventually, they'll be fun again. But go, that's go, dads, be redacted. Exactly. Exactly that statement and this podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this will have been split up into two different parts. Um, so I hope you listen to both parts so you can get all the juicy goodness of Rangers content out of this week. Um, I'll have one more episode for you. I'm not exactly sure who's going to be on with me. I will not be just by myself talking into the void because there is just so little to talk about it. I will just go insane and I will drag you with me. So we're back on uh, Saturday with another episode with guest TBD. But until next time, I've been Bryce Patrick. Follow Grant Schiller at OG Show on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.